This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake or check out their website at icellers.ca. Find out how you can support us like Adnan by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine. You're listening to Two Guys Talking Wine with Michael Pincus and Andre Pru. Here we are. You and I are in the Toronto studio for probably the last time for quite a while. And it's really unfortunate because you and I have been talking to our next guest for months about getting her in studio. Uh, it's my friend Natalie Richard. I had a chance to travel with her to uh, Robert Mondavi Tokalon Vineyard in California. You and I have met her dressed up as Venus at the Festival <laughs> de Vins in Saguenay. Ah, yeah. And she has written uh, a really great book and... Um, I think you can understand most of it, Michael. Well, it's all wine speak, so usually I, I can pick that up in most languages. It's written in French. It's the Route des Vins dans le monde, uh, 50 itinéraires de rêve, so 50 dream wine itineraries in the world. Uh, and there's so many things I love about this book, and I want to thank Natalie, who was supposed to be in studio but is joining us from... Wait, Natalie, where the hell are you? I'm in Saint Jean Port Joli. This is uh, where the river, the Saint Lawrence River, becomes the sea. Uh, and so I'm right in front of it right now. I'm looking at it. The sun is setting. It's absolutely beautiful here, and we're safe. There's no, uh, there's no corona in this area. And you're washing so your hands. A it lot. won't get to us. <laughs> right in the sea. Yeah, washing your hands in the sea. That's right. Exactly. Salted water is good for everything. But uh, really, uh, you know, it's like everywhere, everything got canceled. I was supposed to be in Toronto and I would have loved to join you live and do all the tastings with you. That would have been so amazing. Well, we're going to have you in and do a uh, Stump the Chump. Definitely. <laughs> okay. So, so Natalie, first off, before we get into the, the book, I don't think most of our listeners in Ontario will know who you are and why you're a big deal in the wine world. Although, although, to be honest, most people, or some people listening to this would know you from your much music days if they're listening from English Canada. Absolutely. I was there for many years in the golden days of much music alongside Steve Anthony, Erica M, Master T, Mike and Mike. Uh, you know, these were the great days of, you know, Nirvana, grunge music. Just before music became a little too corporate and uh, that uh, before all the music video channels uh, sort of gave uh, their place to uh, the web and and then everything now is happening on YouTube and, it, you know, the communications have changed so much in the last two decades. It's um, unbelievable. But, you know, I was lucky enough to be there at the Golden Age. You will remember us. Uh, we were there every day. We were on air every day, all the time, going to Whistler, going to the Tana Beach for a spring, spring break. That, that, would have, that would be around that time right now. And I, I was uh, hosting and, and directing this show called French Kiss, The Meeting of Two Tongues. And that was remember. one of, that was, <laughs> what, what many people don't know is that was one of my favorite, uh, favorite uh. shows because I'm always looking out. Um, and there's so many great songs, especially from like there was that mid to late '90s that are still on my playlist in in French. If anyone wants recommendations, you can find me at Andre Wine Review. But how did you go from being in music to wine? 
Well, right after I did uh, Much Music, my next contract, when my con- you know when Much Music ended, we all sort of like left. And um, my next contract was uh, was the Great Canadian Food Show that was hosted in uh, on CBC in English Canada by Carlo Rota for about five years on CBC. And I did a French version of that. That was. Uh, that was presented in Quebec that maybe you haven't seen, but it was the great Canadian food show in French. So I got into this uh, food right away. So from music, I went to food. Then after that, I did one of the first cooking shows uh, in Quebec. Before all the craziness of all the cooking shows, there was none. And there was one called Cuisine avec Jean Soulard on the Life, uh, Life Network that was just opening up or starting up at the time in 2000, around that time. So, you so are, I did you a are cooking Canada's, show. Um, um, What's her, Julia Childs, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, there was Julia Childs a long time ago, but you know, there was like the end. What is what was the French guy? The, the, what was his name? I don't even the, know. The, 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 what's it? The, no, it was, a, it was in English, but he was the le, le, le gourmet roulant or something. Well, there was, there was also, a the, few cooking there was shows also the guy out in BC, remember? He. Uh, uh, I think about Walk with Yen. No, not oh, him. Oh, it was in the States. It was in the States. There no, was, uh, the, the guy who always put booze. A... Everything, everything had booze in it. I can't remember. It was, oh, what's the, the urban peasant. <laughs> urban peasant. The urban right. peasant yeah. got, got yeah. a hit yes, with the wine. Yes. Just put a little booze in it. That's what's his thing. So. There was not so many uh, cooking shows then. It was like TV was still, you know, like on the pay TV. You know, it was not. there was uh-huh. like three channels and there was like all the pay TV channels and the t- television was not yet specialized as it, as it became really fast. I remember Moses Limer said they're going to be a, a golf channel. I'm like, what? A golf channel? Who's going to watch that? <laughs> so I, all the channels became a specialty. We were a specialty TV back then, music, which was really like a novelty. But uh, it became fast. Uh, all the channels fast. It became that all the channels were, uh, you know, specialty TV channels. And then the in the, the beginning of 2000, it was like the, the Life Network and uh, Canal V in French. And then they had cooking shows. And then it was like then it 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 all started up. So I was part of that wave. So after music, I went into food, and I I was in the gastronomy for a long time. I I did. Uh, the first blog on on Chatelaine in the French version, I did about 100 uh, videos in my in my kitchen to show people how to cook a duck, how to make a preserve, how to cook fast, you know. And then I wrote two books uh, called 30 Recipes in 30 Minutes or Less because I wanted people to cook for their kids and cook together. So I did two books in that collection. So I, eventually I just felt stupid because I was meeting more and more winemakers and I didn't have the language of wine. So... I asked my boyfriend at the time, I said, it's okay, I will take this class, it's 40 hours before Christmas, so it's going to be two nights a week, I won't be there, I'll be in class, can you can you cover for me, and is that okay if I do it? And he said, sure, do it, go go for it. And then, um, so I, I just wanted to know the language of wine, but then I, I had uh, 100% in my blind tasting exam at the end, so my teacher was like, hey, young recruit, come over here, and I'm like, what, what did I do? He said, you got 100% in your blind tasting. I'm like, oh, oh my God. He said, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean what I'm doing? He said, what are you doing? (laughs) And I looked at him and I said, I'm not going to work in wine. And he goes, "Uh, yes, you have to. So this is how it switched for me. And I was like, wow, what am I going to do? Work at the LCBO or SAQ? I was like, I I didn't know where this was going to take me. And there I am. So, so as as long as I've known you, I think even when we met you in Saguenay, 
you've been working on this book. And yes. uh, for for our listeners, um, I'll make sure that I have a, a blog post up and that it's linked in our SoundCloud when we talk about this, where people can get the book. Right now, the book is in French. And your hope is that we can get this book translated to English. Um, I know for both myself and Michael, we are both French as a second language. Um, I won't make Michael speak French, but his accent's getting better the longer we do this podcast. Can you roll your eyes any harder, Michael? Oh, jeez. No, he can't. No, I can't. I cannot. <laughs> oui, oui, oui. Je ne peux pas roller mes yeux uh, any harder. Uh, how's that? That's ah, very... c'est parfait, c'est parfait. Parfait, parfait oui, mais, mais aussi. <laughs> okay, okay, but you, you, you know what? Zut alors, merde. Okay, now we gotta, now we gotta bleed that. Those are for the swear jar. Those are for the swear jar. Oh, zut alors is really anything. another for the swear jar. What? What is zut alors? Zutalar means damn. That's not a swear. <laughs> I don't know, In a well, nicer way. We'll ask Brian Schmidt to do that. But you know what? My favorite thing about this book, like when I got the book and when I talked to you, Natalie. Your favorite part about the book is you got a mention in the book. When no, that's, that's your favorite not part that's of the not, book. That's not I, the only part. My, like Andre phoned me up and he goes, I got a mention in a book. He got. Uh, it's the second one. It's <laughs> the second one. He got very excited. I, I can't even tell you. I, I don't think he fit into his pants that day. Well, you were absolutely uh, valuable. You were the most uh, helpful and valuable to me when it came to, uh, you know, like uh, updating my information about the Niagara and Prince Edward County region because I've been going there for 25 years. Uh, when I used to live in Toronto, going there, back and forth. When you, when you did that, still, you Andre's know, pants got tighter. So I'll just say that. I needed Andre to update me on where to go, which were, which were like the new and coming wineries and the, the changes and the things. And he directed me in the perfect direction and i it was incredible that, thank that, you andre that warms me to the, <laughs> the, the cockles of my I heart think, i think his head just actually grew another few sizes <laughs> okay 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 but uh, apart from the fact that i mentioned in the thank yous of the book um the, i think the best thing about this book is it really is about off the beaten path it's not it's not a book about going to france and italy and california it's a book about going to places like Niagara, where as much as the people listening to this podcast know Niagara makes great wine, people outside of Niagara don't necessarily know that. You've got Austria, you've got Romania, you've got Greece, uh, you've got the UK in your book. Um, I mean, you, you've Georgia. gone... Georgia. Georgia, Lebanon, Japan. and you Israel. you got Japan on the book. Georgia. Israel on Georgia. the book. Oh, Georgia, 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 like uh, next to Russia, Georgia, next oh, to God, Armenia, so. not Georgia. <laughs> Georgie. Oh, sorry. Is it Georgia in English? My, my it's inner, like yeah, it's you know, Georgia in English. First started making wine. My inner Ray Charles came out like, there for a second. In eight thousand years ago, they were making wine in amphoras, and they still do it. It's yeah, actually, it's the only country in Georgie, Georgia, that they uh, for they've been making wine for eight thousand years. And they never stopped. Whatever happened to to them, wars or like uh, different politics, um, religion change. A lot of countries like Lebanon, for example, were making wine, but then the Ottoman, the Ottoman Empire came and they forbidden the, to make wine, so grapes became uh, table grapes. But in Georgia, everybody makes wine in their house and in their backyard, and they kept. This is the only country that kept. Whatever happened to them, even like under the Soviet Union um, uh, regime, they kept making wine. That's because they needed booze. They never stopped making wine. And even now today, it's quite interesting what's happening there because it's like 
it's it remains somehow unchanged on one end, and there's all this the modern world is kicking in, and they're making tra- traditional wine like they used to, but also a more um, uh, not industrial, but you know, kind of like up to date kind of version of of what their grapes can can offer. So it's quite uh, interesting to visit there. It's not all together yet for visitors, so I, I wouldn't suggest to go there on the first wine trip. Because it's a bit, uh, uh, so it's it's a bit fifth, more it's complicated the the than going to Bordeaux, for example. <laughs> well, well, but, but why don't we why don't we talk about that? I mean, I think most people when they do the travel, it's easy to, you know, head down to California and and I mean, you and I, we had a great time in the Napa Valley learning about about oh, those wines. Oh, that was amazing! Yeah, yeah. But I mean, when we're talking about off the beaten path, what was the most exciting place that you visited? Well, I think, you know, it's not really off the beating path because they've been making wine for so long, but I think South Africa was a, a huge eye-opener and discovery for me because on our end, we do get a lot of wines from all around the world, but it seems like we always get like the cheap Pinotage that smells like rubber no and, kidding. you know, we always get, well, we get good Chennai and stuff, but when you go there, you realize the manor house, the farm, uh, the farms that they've been making wine for a long time and they have a great expertise. It's just that because of their situation, like apartheid, for example, like we didn't get, you know, there was a lot of embargo, so we didn't get a lot of their good stuff yet. But they have a great potential that is now opening up, and it was a real eye opener for me. And I was, I loved the, the hospitality over there, uh, the, the, the 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 paysage. Was, you know what? The vineyards are gigantic, and the way you know there's 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 all kinds of fun things happening where they use um, Indian ducks to uh, they release Indian ducks in the vineyard at two times a day. Some vineyards to eat the uh, they have a problem with the limas. How do you call it? Like the snails and the uh, limas is the snail without the shell. I don't know what you call it, but they have a problem of uh, you have too many um, snails in their vineyard. So they, they release the uh, the duck, the Indian ducks, and they all go and they eat all the snails. And people go to watch this because it's quite impressive. Oh, <laughs> they, have, they, they have the most, uh, they have lots of sustainability and um, they have programs, reinsertion programs for the workers, education on wine. They're really, really proactive. And uh, it's such a beautiful country and the gastronomy and the wine. Do, and it's not ever, off the beaten path, but it was a big discovery for me. Do you ever see what say. we get here in Canada changing? As in, we, as you said, we get a lot of, you know, burnt truck tire and and horrible pinotage. Do you ever see that changing uh, as far as what we're going to get? Well, what I found is like when I was over there, uh, they all wanted me uh, to taste their pinotage. I was like, oh, I'm not a big fan of pinotage because this is all I tasted before. Even in our in our wine classes, like we get the pinotage, and that's how we recognize it, that taste. But um, I was talking to a winemaker, and he said, no, 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 no. It's just like pinotage is a is a is a mix of Saint-Sau, is a cross between Saint-Sau and, and Pinot Noir. Which I don't but know why were, anybody would do that. Like, why would anybody do but, that to a Pinot Noir grape? Is to shove. I think they were they wanted to have. A, uh, something that was representing them like uh, what I heard is like they wanted a, a grape that was there for their identity that's how it was created in the 80s I think but anyways word is 75 it's around then uh, but they were they used to treat it as a Bordeaux wine a Bordeaux grape 
they would vinify it like Bordeaux, and they would it, well, it, it didn't work. And one winemaker was telling me, and I, I guess I guess I, I might be wrong, but they've been doing this for quite a few years now, and then we just didn't have uh, access to these wines. But they started you. Uh, uh, approaching this grape more like a Pinot than uh, than a Cabernet or a Bordeaux blend, and then all the difference ha- started happening in the taste and the result. So when I was there last, uh, exactly around that time last year, I was there in March uh, last year. I started tasting the first Pinotage. Like, wow, this is really good. And then all the vineyards were like, do you want to taste my Pinotage? I'm like, yes. And, and it became really, really interesting because I've never tasted any bad Pinotage when I was there. It's, they, they sort of, you know, it takes a while before you understand a grape. It's okay to plant it, to harvest it. And I guess now they're really starting to understand what it is. It's quite new. It's, they only started in 75, 80 you know, it's still something that they had to to understand and work with, and and now I think Pinotage is really the new revolution for South Africa. So, so I know as we're giving. As much as so giving, is the grape that we should be looking out for. I know we're giving away a lot from your book. If we could maybe just a little bit briefer, when you were traveling and and you traveled a lot of places, were there any really big surprises from the trip? In what sense? Lots of surprises, but in the, in what? Uh, well, what was, it, was there anything uh, the moment you showed up at the winery, you were expecting one thing, and when the wine hit your glass, you were just like, this is not what I was expecting, and I'm so glad I'm tasting this. Well, this Pinotage is a great example, and also I was surprised by Australia, because uh, it's, about, it's another example that resembled maybe a bit the one of South Africa, is in Australia... Well, we know the big Shiraz, right? You know, the one that uh, are so uh, juicy, but also so thick and so tannic. And, you know, if you drink too much, your lip uh, gets stuck on your on your gums. Mm. <laughs> it's, so, it's so intense. But um, when I was there, I went to wineries that were exceptional, Yarra Earrings. I, I, I crossed the... Well, you know, Australia is so, so vast, but I went from Melbourne to Adelaide. And I did all the wineries around Melbourne, all the wineries around Adelaide on that trip. And it, it's amazing, uh, the, the fine um, the fine Syrah or Shiraz that I tasted there, even the Barossa Valley, you know. And it's another thing is like we don't get a lot of Australian wines in Canada. We well, get like the big ones, the, the big Shiraz, and we get the, the I, I, you know, we get some of the very good Chardonnay from Margaret River, but uh, we get mostly big Shiraz, and, and they, they make really fine wines, I, I, I think say. I think it's starting to, in Ontario anyway, that's that's starting to change a little bit. I'm, and I'm starting to notice, because I, I was also in Australia about two years ago, and you can really uh, start to see the change that Australia is making in their, not just Shiraz, but in all of their wines. Um, oh yeah, but they've been making it for a long time. Correct, but the, there's just, a, the change that we're starting to it. see over over here is that that we're we're starting to see some of these finer uh, wines and not just the the uh, you know beat you over the head jammy Shiraz, but you can you can actually find some very interesting cabs and some actually some some Shiraz with with finesse. And I remember when I was there, uh, I was I was in. Um, the area around Sydney, which is Canberra and stuff like that, and Orange, and I was like, "These aren't Shiraz. This is this is Syrah." 
And they're like, right, yes, but exactly. we're, we're, we are supposed to still call it Shiraz because we're Australian. And we're like, and you're like, well, then you're, you're, you're not helping your customer because it is not Shiraz. Oh, yeah, exactly. But I think it's also what we, it's all, it's, well, it's the same everywhere. You know, what you taste when you go. That's why it's important to travel and go. Uh, one uh, teacher once t- told me, Natalie, if you want to know about wine, you got to go visit the vineyard. You have to, go, you have to go on the field. And it, it's really, that's where you understand what's going on. Because if we taste wine, and that's what we do, and thank God we have lots of choices. But if we just taste wine from that we get here, it's not really. It doesn't give you like the the full picture. It's never. It's never the same as if you go taste it on over there, right? That's for sure. All right. So, Natalie, how can people who speak French uh, get your book? What's the best way to get the book? Well, right now uh, I have a big. I think it's a good problem, but a big problem is the book is sold out. <laughs> we printed six thousand copies of the wow. book, and uh, it was released. This this fall in um, in uh, September, and by Christmas it was uh, it was all sold out. That's too so bad. So they're receiving uh, more copies from from Europe because the book is also released in France, uh, Belgium, Switzerland, um, and they're receiving more copies. So there are copies that are available right now, maybe in some stores, but uh, mostly the best way is to go online. Uh, on the editor's website, which is uh, guideulis.com. It's guide, uh, it's like guide with an S, and Ulysse is like Ulysse, U-L-Y-S-S-E. And then you go for uh, Route des Vins, so it's Wine Road, 50 uh, dream itineraries around the world, and then you can order it online. And there's also uh, the digital version that is available. Oh, it's uh, that, that, yeah, that it's, never uh, we have a digital out. version, but it's all in French. But uh, there's a lot of pictures. <laughs> it's a good and, book and, and, to practice you, your French. And you know what? As much as I want to tell people to get the digital version because I really want to su- support the book, I'm so proud of you for having written the book. But buying the physical copy, find a way to get your hands on it. Hopefully, Ulysse does another printing of it. Because it is a beautiful book. It's a, a great book that will look good on your coffee table. And just the um, the depth that you went to was fantastic. So uh, thank you for mentioning thank me in the so thank much, yous. Thank you so much, Andre. And thank oh, you. For f- God's sakes, Andre. Let it go. <laughs> but thank you, for putting the, thank you for putting the book together. And I know you said if, um, if we get enough uh, interest, hopefully this book will be written and translated to English. Well, I'm working really hard on, you know, I did all this work. I invested all this money. You know, I, I sold my house to do this, to do my diploma, WSET4, to do this book because I wanted to share. And I think it's a great book because everybody bought it in three months. So it will be republished in French. But I really, I, I would really hope that this work also as uh, an English uh, gets access, or, you know, people, the English speaking people have access also to this book and all the information because it's it's really fun especially in those days with the, what's going on with you can travel just looking reading the book and well and it's a good excuse to learn french but i will just say <laughs> that anyone listening to this podcast who buys this book Route des Vins dans le monde who cannot speak french because i have nothing better to do with my time while we're in uh, self-isolation i will personally translate the book for you and if you buy yeah, the book, you, you can help Natalie get her house back. Yeah, so. just, just just phone me up, and I will read you whatever chapter you want, and we will figure that out. 
She's nobody. Oh, that's either. great. And there's Google Translate also. If you if you don't know for a word, it's so it's easy. You know now to get direct translation. As long as you know with everything we're going through right now, as long as we don't lose the uh, internet, I say we're okay. At least we can communicate. Awesome. I don't know, I don't know if you want Andre reading the book. I don't think he's going to be the one on the. Uh, <laughs> Like that's, oh, that's we should what, do an audio book in English. That's, what my, na- that's what my nightmare is actually made of, is Andre reading me a book. Natalie, please keep <laughs> please keep washing your hands, stay safe, and the next time we talk to you on this podcast, we'll be in person, whether it's in Saguenay or in Toronto, we will make time to sit down with you because you owe us uh, a blind tasting with us. Oh, absolutely. It would be my honor and my pleasure. We'll see if you get so 100% on this one. I kiss you all from very far. I blow you a French kiss from very far in the air, so this way we're all safe. And I caught your tongue. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, jeez, Michael. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. So, yeah, it was great, and I, I hope that we get her in for a, for a Stump the Chump, because I, uh, I had actually pulled out the six bottles that I was going to bring. Yeah, uh, and I had a couple, uh, a couple to roll through as well, but, I mean, it's something to look forward to when this is all finished. But, you know, and I look forward to meeting her and uh, then maybe she can translate the book for me. <laughs> Your French does feel like it has been getting uh, getting a little bit better. I, I will I will admit that. Um, uh, but, you know, what? just just the same the same old same old. Uh, you know, everyone, make sure you wash your hands. Uh, I'm Andre Proof from underwinereview.ca. I'm Michael Pincus of michaelpincuswinereview.com. And uh, I'd like to say just good night. But in fact, what I'd really like to say is. Stay safe. Good night. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to Two Guys Talking Wine on iTunes. This podcast is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. A big thank you goes out to Adnan Isel, owner of Isellers Estate Winery. You can visit them at 615 Concession 5 Road in Niagara-on-the-Lake or check out their website at isellers.ca. Find out how you can support us, like Adnan, by visiting patreon.com slash twoguystalkingwine.